This is Taiwan Talk. This is Taiwan Talk on ICRT. I'm Eric Smith and welcome to Taiwan Talk. Taiwan's official diplomatic status is complicated. The Republic of China on Taiwan is a functioning democracy with all the trappings of an independent state, but nonetheless, it's not officially recognized as such by most of the international community. And yet, over 20 nations around the planet still recognize the ROC over the People's Republic of China, or PRC. International academics at the International Taiwan Studies Center, a part of the National Taiwan Normal University's Department of Cultural Languages and Literature, have spent years studying Taiwan's politics, people, and history a service that affords Taiwan a chance to see itself through a more detached perspective. One such academic is Dr. Colin Alexander, a Scottish research fellow who's in Taiwan specifically to study the ROC's diplomatic allies. I recently sat down with Dr. Alexander for a frank and informative discussion. Well, as China becomes a global success story uh, and certainly a, su- a superpower, I find it fascinating that these 23 countries continue to diplomatically recognize Taiwan. In my research, I've tried to figure out what would possess a country's government to do this. Mm. Um, And it turns out that there's a lot of different reasons for this. Okay, well, could could you name me a couple? Well, the first thing we have to recognize is, is to go back to the Cold War. The countries that Taiwan has traditionally, or still has, relationships with, Guatemala, El Salvador, Nicaragua, Honduras. These were countries predominantly run by right-wing dictatorships, similar to that of Chiang Kai-shek. At the time, yes, exactly. So there's a real affiliation between the right-wing political parties in these countries and the KMT. That's one of the the main factors in this. The other one, I would say, is the military in these countries plays a a large role in politics and society. And where the military has held significant political power, what you also tend to find is that Taiwan has benefited from this through what I I call military diplomacy. Mm. Military exchanges, exchange of leaders. In the Cold War, for example, Taiwan did a lot of training of colonels, lieutenants of the El Salvadoran military, the Guatemalan military. Did Taiwan ever actually provide weapons to these countries as well? There isn't any evidence of it, but at the same time, um, that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. But certainly, there's no documentation of this. I've tried to discuss this mm. with the Taiwan military. It's still classified information. Okay. All right. Here we are in the year 2013, which is a long ways away from yeah. the Cold War. And the leadership in these countries have changed, the ideology has changed, everything's changed, and yet a country like Panama, I believe, still hangs on to uh, being an ally of the Republic of China on Taiwan. Why? Yeah, um, and this is, this is Taiwan's, one of Taiwan's ma- major, major problems, in that it, it can no longer rely on these old boy relationships that it used to have. The people who are in power in a lot of these countries, are no longer from the same dynasty, right. if you like. Right. The, the other problem is, as Taiwan has become a democracy, so have these countries. They've actually done it roughly at the same time. You also see that when a country has has de-recognized Taiwan in, to go to China, this has tended to follow political turnover in these countries as well. Perhaps the best example is uh, St. Lucia, the small Caribbean island. It's, it's what, what we call a swing state. And what you have seen in the past is where there's been a political turnover to the to the left wing party, 
they've gone to China. Right. And then four years later, they're, they're back in bed with Taiwan. Right, right. And you have, in, in St. Lucia, for example, you have the, the administration of Compton, who was the president for many years, big friend of Taiwan. He's He lost power, and then he regained power. And as he loses and regains power... Back and forth. They re- they recognize and then de-recognize Taiwan. Okay. I mean no disrespect to the people of St. Lucia mm-hmm. or any of the other small Caribbean or yep. various island nations that are our friends. I'm sure they are wonderful countries. However, do they add any value to Taiwan, if I can just be blunt? Yeah. I would say yes. They enable Taiwan to act in a certain way vis-a-vis China. The Taiwan having allies at least makes its claim to be a sovereign state plausible. Um, If Taiwan was to have no allies, Mm. it enforces the claim of China. At least having allies, you can have this sort of um, aura of legitimacy. Mm -hmm. Are they essential to Taiwan's existence? No. Right, so if tomorrow, for example, every single one of our allies dropped us, what would change? For the people of Taiwan, nothing. The reality is that Taiwan's security is enforced by the Taiwan Relations Act in the United States. It's a protectorate of the United States. The Taiwan government fulfills practically all the criteria for secessionism. It has a, a fine territory, it has a currency, it has a legal system, it has a military that can defend the territory. All these cr- criteria for secessionism. It fulfills that. So if Taiwan were to lose its allies, that wouldn't change. That's all the time we have for today. Tune in tomorrow for more from Dr. Colin Alexander. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Eric Smith. This is Taiwan Talk. This is Taiwan Talk on ICRT. I'm Eric Smith, and thanks for tuning in to Taiwan Talk. The International Taiwan Studies Center, a part of the National Taiwan Normal University's Department of Culture, Languages, and Literature, is home to a variety of academics studying Taiwan, including Dr. Colin Alexander, a Scottish research fellow who's in Taiwan specifically to study the ROC's diplomatic allies. Continuing our discussion from yesterday, I asked Dr. Alexander a frank question. We spend hundreds of millions of dollars every year on various funding projects. Some even call it bribery just to keep some of these uh, allies in our pocket. Is it, again, to be blunt, is it worth it to the Taiwanese public to shell out this fund? Well, you can, we can argue that all diplomacy is technically a, a little bit bribery. You could, yes. Um, I think the first thing to, to be said is that Taiwan actually doesn't spend that much money. Okay, that's interesting. Um if you if you take this if you take as you say they do spend we're talking US dollars you know a few hundred million a year you compare that to how much they spend on lobbying on um, public diplomacy on boosting trade relations with North America with Europe that's hundreds and hundreds of millions of US dollars every year so what they spend in 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 Guatemala in Central America in, in Caribbean in Oceania isn't really that much. Okay, so in general, you're saying that the benefit that we gain from this is is worth the investment for the funds being spent. Yeah, I, in the end. Oh, I, I think Taiwan has has balanced it really quite well. Um, I, I particularly when you consider the the size and the and, and the dominance of China now, 
that Taiwan continues to, to thrive. It's almost a certainty that within the next decade or so, we're going to lose one or two or more of these allies. Would you agree? I think it depends on the current diplomatic truce that we have. And the prosperity of the diplomatic truce depends on, on, on the KMT government remaining in power. That's, a, that's the fundamental factor. Okay, but there's a very high chance that come 2016, we will see a changeover. Yeah, well, I mean, Taiwan's a very competitive democracy. The DPP are a, a very, very credible alternative. So, yeah, I mean, there, there may well be. It's really up to the DPP and how they manufacture a policy that is enticing enough for China to, to keep the diplomatic truce. Mm. We haven't really seen that from them yet. They're still... They haven't quite worked out their yeah, China policy, yeah. Because, I mean, that, that, for me at least, was probably why they lost power in the first place, because there wasn't a clarity on it, and it seemed like they were being unnecessarily aggressive, um, and that really wasn't, wasn't helping Taiwan at all. And they haven't, still haven't really quite worked out how does their vision for Taiwan, how, how can they have, keeping within their, their framework, how can they also have, um, how can they also accommodate China and and prevent it from being outwardly aggressive towards it. It's okay, so let's project uh, into the future, a decade or two decades into the future. Are we going to be seeing some countries with embassies of the ROC and then hopefully a lot of other countries with embassies in all but name? I think the interesting thing, when we come to Taiwan's allies, is that Taiwan's reason for being in these countries is because they offer a, diplom- a formal diplomatic relationship. And when Taiwan has been asked to leave, they pack up their things and they leave. Taiwan's priorities are with the, the countries that are economically beneficial to Taiwan. So North America, the EU, these sorts of places. Increasingly Asia, so the, the new economic frontier. Um, in Costa Rica in 2007, uh, the Costa Rican government recognized China in, t- in June 2007, Taiwan left. Taiwan has no presence in Costa Rica now. It doesn't have a, a trade mission, it doesn't have anything, it just it just left. Okay. So, and Costa Rica has nothing here. So th- the relationship was really built on, on that, on, on a diplomatic level. The, these countries are incentivized as well. Most of the countries that Taiwan has formal relationships with Taiwan pays them to have an embassy here. Oh, this is interesting. Okay, so the embassies of Vanuatu, for example, that is, is sponsored by the Taiwan government here. Yeah. Okay. Is so, that a well-known or a widely known fact? Uh, I think it is within academic circles. Okay. But in terms of your listeners, I don't know. Right. Um, not not all of the um, not all, not all of Taiwan's allies. Um, have sponsored them. Yeah, you would think the Vatican could afford their own, for example. The Vatican probably can afford their own. Yeah, um, even Panama, right, um, can 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 afford its own. A special thank you to the International Taiwan Studies Center for setting up this interview. Reporting for ICRT News, I'm Eric Smith.